to the third ever Betting Round podcast. Today we are joined by our longest serving tipster, Miles Treadwell. Miles, how are you today? Uh, reasonably well, uh, Matt, thank you. Yes. Good morning. Excellent. As I've said, you're our longest serving tipster. You've been with us a good few years now. Um, for those that don't know you, could you explain how you came to be in this industry? Um, my association with you, um, to put it that way, but began in 2012 when you ran a tipster competition, which I entered and eventually won. That led to a service beginning at the beginning of 2013. And then at that time, Agora had three separate horse racing services, which merged into one um, in February 2015. And... Um, which became known as The Syndicate and has remained so ever since. And three and a half years later, we're still still going strong. Yeah, actually just going through our results and each year they've, they've improved so far. So that's obviously good news. And you also run a second service called The Racing Code. Uh, yes, that began in 2016. That's a slightly different uh, angle or slant of approach um, still as far as I'm concerned, on flat racing. But it comes from the uh, starting point of, of looking at trainers, either their little fortes, such as uh, two-year-olds, debutants, or the trends that tend to happen with runners from a particular yard, such as vast improvement from their first to second run of the year, or a uh, particularly improved performance when a certain jockey's booked. So it's, it's looking for little angles that you wouldn't necessarily extract from the form book um, unless you were you were aware of its existence before mm. before your search. Yeah, so it balances quite nicely with the syndicate then because they are two very different services, as you say. They have um, completely different starting points, but they also uh, tackle different races. Uh, for example, the races I prefer to have a go at with the syndicate are races that involve older horses whereas uh, in handicaps whereas the the racing code will often have a lot of two-year-olds um, maidens occasionally there, there's an overlap but it does increase the scope of, of the number of races that can be looked at yeah as you say you're sort of focusing on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of quality for the syndicate i'm the opposite in that i focus on the high class jumps racing the Cheltenham Festival, that sort of thing. What was it that attracted you to that lower class? I think you need to um, specialise and focus on a small percentage of the race. There's so much racing. If you try to, um, to, to know a lot about all racing, across codes, uh, across ages, across distances, classes, you, you, you'd be swamped. The, you wouldn't be able, or, or you'd be less likely um, to, to have an edge. And the advantage that uh, you, I, or anyone else can have over the bookies is that they price up every, every event, many markets on each event, and we can be selective. We can just pick one, two, three, however many selections a day, a week, a month. And if we can uh, find an edge, find an advantage, know a little bit more than they do, then, uh, then, then the advantage is in our hands. Yeah, I, I think um, specialising is such a key thing. I think certainly with my side of things, 
um, interestingly, last season was the least number of selections I've ever put out by far. And it's also probably the best year I've had. So quite a natural correlation there. The more you specialise, the, the better you can be at that area. So we've had a few uh, questions in and things to discuss from some syndicate members. The first one we start with lay betting. I know you were sort of playing around with some lay bets uh, as a bit of a trial run earlier this year. Would you say it's it's worth the time for the returns and the effort? Um, possibly, possibly not. The the difficulty I found with laying is twofold really. One is obviously you can only use the exchanges and um, the liquidity available is fairly small um, early in the morning. And by the time of, um, of the off, uh, that's increased, but prices can be drastically, drastically different. So if, you, if you're looking for, um, whether you're backing or laying, the price and the value is key. Um, so when you're looking to lay, you're looking to find something that's less likely to win than the price suggests. And that may be true at 11 in the morning, although there's very little money at that price. And, and if you've got a membership of a service all looking to lay at a similar time, it's going to be very hard to, to match those prices. So that's going to be frustrating for those that, that, that can't get that price. And if you lay it later, then there's the chance that the price can be vastly different. So it's, it's a tricky one. How we tried to, to get around that was by stating a, a price range and if the uh, selection had drifted out beyond the, uh, the highest point of this, of this band range, then it wouldn't be a bet. Again, that's, that's less than satisfactory because the value is, has, has gone. So you were right in the uh, perception earlier in the day that this one is priced too short and uh, uh, but the chance is gone so it, it was frustrating to have that happen a, a lot whether it's worth the effort i think it probably could if it was the primary focus but with two services as, as um, discussed earlier it's probably an unnecessary distraction and i think there's more scope for uh, profits from concentrating more on the on the two existing services. Yeah, I think personally, it's it's a bit like in play trading in that there are good opportunities there that they maybe don't translate to a service with lots of members, especially well. Almost one of those things where you're better off trying to figure it out for yourself than getting the prices that you want to be laying out. Twelve thousand six hundred and forty-three pounds forty pence in the two thousand fifteen sixteen season, fourteen thousand six hundred and sixty-eight pounds fifty in the two thousand and sixteen seventeen season, seventeen thousand four hundred and six pounds eighty pence in the two thousand and seventeen eighteen season. That's what you would have made if betting my syndicate selections to hundred pound point stakes. Does that sound good to you? If so, click the link in the podcast intro and you can join my band of merry men today. Question. In terms of place spots and multiples, uh, Matt did really well with these last year, but I suspect you, Miles, have different views on them. To me, it's counterintuitive to have them in the most competitive meetings, e.g. Cheltenham or the flat festivals, but Matt did well with them last year. My view was I think the closer to Miles, 
uh, in that a lower class meeting with not too many clear cut individual bets, but a feel for a good few favourites and some outsiders, maybe a better opportunity. Uh, do you want to go first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, for me, I, I tend to purely be looking at the size of the pots, um, certainly when it comes to place pots, because obviously if you don't know how they work, um, they're based on a sort of lottery type system, so the more people play it, the bigger the potential prizes are. And as is the nature of these things and multiples as well, they don't come in that often. So the last thing you want is to hit one and end up with a very small payout. You want it to be worth it. So I guess that's why if I'm going to focus my attention on them, I want it to be worth the effort. So I generally just go with the festivals. You have occasional play spots, don't you? And Occasionally, yeah. They've tended to be when there have been a number of favourites that I haven't particularly um, rated and thought they might be turned over um, without necessarily having a, an obvious alternative. So if you think the favourite's going to do badly, but actually it's a, there are a few others that, that, that could be in the mix. Um, and a couple of races like that in the, in the six races covered by the play spot, then very quickly the, the uh, payouts can, can shoot up. It's, they're a funny one. We've both had winning, losing place pots. By that I mean that we've, we've got selections through the six races, but, but have actually lost money on a winning <laughs> bet, which is probably, uh, probably unique. I suppose unless you um, bet something at very short odds each way and it places without winning, I can't think of many other bets where you can win <laughs> and lose simultaneously. <laughs> Um, but on the other hand, there, there can be um, huge payouts if, if those at the top of the market uh, fail. Um, so you, you are taking a chance not only on your selections doing well, but on uh, those that are likely to be heavily favoured doing badly. Uh, and really to get a decent pay, you need, you need both those things to happen. I disagree slightly with, with Matt on... Um, it being the preserve of the big festivals because if one in a thousand um, tickets wins then regardless of the size of the pot the payout is a thousand. Um, the only thing I'd add in addition to that though is that if you've got a tiny pot and we've, we've got a load of members making the same um, making the same place pot bet then that's going to dilute the, uh, the winnings whereas when Matt does a Cheltenham one, it, it's not going to touch the sides, um, and uh, um, therefore probably is is better due to, due to that. Regarding multiples, I think we both do them from, from time to time. Yeah. Mathematically, they make sense, um, and please email me um, uh, about this if you'd like some uh, report that I've put together previously highlighting how this works, but basically multiples exaggerate the profit or loss a better has. So if you have a positive edge that will be um, exaggerated or increased by placing multiples um, and if you're a losing punter as most punters are uh, then that will exaggerate the extent of your losses which is why bookmakers love them so much and happily promote them. The only thing of course to take into account is that if you're placing multiples with big odds they're not going to come in very often so the size of a bank needed to stake high odds multiples is going to be enormous and therefore your stakes are going to be tiny 
um, in which case you might be better off placing singles, but in terms of uh, return on investment, multiples exaggerate the profits or loss, so um, with a positive edge they are worthwhile if you're sensible. Yeah, that all makes sense. I think one thing I found quite interesting I was reading about recently with regards multiples is um, placing multiples with horses in different races that have the same form lines. So you can especially do this at the Cheltenham Festival. So there's been two horses running in two completely different races, but they've run a close first and second in the previous fixture because that way you're, well, you're naturally getting much bigger odds because you'd put them in a double or whatever else. But there's a good chance if one runs well, they're both going to do well. Okay, and so moving on, the next question, um, getting around bookie restrictions. I've lost count of the restrictions I've had now, more than 20 for sure and a good few this year just from syndicate and racing code betting. I mean, on the one hand, I always think that's quite a good thing to hear because it shows our customers are making money, but it is also a, a pain in the ass. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are. Well, the, the, yeah, pain in the ass. Uh, very frustrating when they happen. Um, I don't think there's a perfect recipe for keeping accounts open, but there are many little things you can do to help preserve the lifetime. I think you have to be very cautious when you open a new account because you are one of two things. You are either new to betting, in which case that will be pretty obvious. You'll be backing um, Harry Kane to be the first goal scorer, Andy Murray to win everything, um, including the Ryder Cup. You'll be backing um, Man United, Man City, Liverpool to, to, to win every game. Um, and England to win 5-0 against Spain. It's um, what you're not going to be doing if you're brand new to betting is picking out um, the fifth in the market in a maiden at Wolverhampton on a Tuesday afternoon as your first bet. So I think it's a good idea to have a look at the bets you're making and ask yourself what tale um, does it tell? What does it say about the person making these bets? Are they a rookie who has just joined, not just um, opened this account, but has started uh, betting, or is it a seasoned better who is um, opening an account under a different name or um, has been with other bookmakers for years, knows what they're doing, is likely to make money. If, if you fall into the second category, then, then they're going to keep an eye on you. So I think in those first couple of months, it's really worth mixing up the bets. If you're going to bet on racing, bet on the high profile, um, you know, Cheltenham, Ascot, um, the Saturday afternoon TV races. Don't go for the, for the more obscure midweek um, cards in the early days. You know, get your feet under the table, um, and I think if you've if you've created that impression that you're not a an instant threat, then uh, then you're more likely to have a, a, a an account that stays open for a long time. Many little things you can do: split stakes. Don't um, have a situation where you can win too much on on any one bet. Don't um, if you're following a tipster. Don't always uh, place the bets at the same time with the same bookmaker. If you do, you'll be matched with other customers that are doing likewise. Um, I've got one, one member who only places one bet a day 
with each individual bookmaker. So he might have, um, across the services he follows, he might have 15 bets a day, but they'll be with 15 different bookmakers. It's going to be very hard to match him with another member, uh, especially if they're doing likewise, because they're not going to, their bets are not going to match very often at all. So I, th I think there are ways of staying under the radar. If you just open an account, um, put your full stake on um, an obscure market, follow the, the same tips to at the same time every day, you're going to get flagged up. So it's, it's not ideal and it would be much better for us if bookie restrictions and bans didn't occur. But they do and, and, and we have to try to do what we can to you know, to um, to have more of them, but um, uh, yeah, anything that you'd add to that, Matt? Um, not really. I, I suppose the one sort of small note of positive would be that there does seem to be a starting trend now towards possibly accepting a, a minimum liability by some of the bookies. I know you flagged up, was it Bet Victor who recently did something like this where they'd accept yes. a bet to win? Yes, um, Bet Victor were the first of a few to um, have a new guaranteed five hundred pound winning um, winning bet to, that they would allow on. I think classes one to four from ten a.m. on the day of a race. Um, Betfair Sportsbook and Skybet followed suit. Theirs kicks in slightly earlier, but only applies to classes one and two, and I believe only applies to win bets and not. Um, each way bets, which Bet Victor does. Bet Victor also said that they would allow previously restricted customers that uh, uh, that option as well. It doesn't have best odds guaranteed, but at least they are laying a bet. Yeah, um, funnily enough, Bet Victor are literally the only account I have in my own name, which still works uh, 100%. So they're in my good books for that at least. <laughs> Moving on to one thing where we occasionally differ. Uh, in terms of when we send the bets out, you're very much a night before person. I can quite often send them in the morning of racing. And for me personally, although I often have things on the night before, it's not just for that reason. I, I quite like getting the most up to the minute information on the horses, um, weather conditions, that sort of thing. I know you're big on night before betting though. Um, I, I try to be, um, and we did a survey earlier in the year uh, amongst our members of, of, of what the preference was. Um, I would have been perfectly willing to switch to putting bets up on, on the day if, if that had been the, the most uh, desired option, but it wasn't. Um, most, uh, I think it was around about 90% voted to, uh, to keep the bets being posted the night before. The uh, difficulty, and I think you've got a comment on, on, on this there, Matt, is um, uh, Saturdays, obviously big racing days, and in order to do a thorough job and look at as many races as, uh, as wanted, uh, that takes a lot of time. So I will often have an additional Saturday morning post. Um, we've got a moan there about posts on Saturday mornings, but what, what can be done? Either, uh, either the uh, analysis is, is, um, is lessened, so, so the time is reduced, or a thorough job is done, in which case it's gonna take a long time, um, or fewer races are looked at. In order to um, 
provide tips on as many races as I would like to with the thoroughness that I would uh, expect to put in then it takes a lot of time it takes a, a lot of energy and there is no other option but to put some up on Saturday morning I don't, I don't know what the alternative is there um, you know there are one or two that, that, that do moan about that but uh, and, and unless um, Father Christmas can deliver the analysis um, that, that I can put up or um, invent a way that, uh, that where sleep isn't needed there's no other way around it yeah yeah I, I think uh, you're never gonna get a service which keeps everyone 100% happy all of the time I mean they're, they're through the survey there were actually some people who preferred them in the morning yeah. although the majority was the night before so you know as always um, you can reach either of us uh, at bettingrant at agorapub.co.uk and we always look at all feedback and, and consider things the syndicate's been going for not far off four years now so we must be doing something right and um, but we are always looking for ways to make it better as well so do send in any feedback um, the, the, there are slight limitations to what we can do. I do think we, we put members first pretty well, and, and that's the reason that most of the bets are put up the night before. I certainly wouldn't choose to be typing away at the 7 or 8 um, just about every, every evening, but that's why members have, have said they want uh, the selections, and to put them up earlier when only a few bookmakers have priced up uh, would mean that the prices don't last and very few would be able to match it. So that, that's a sacrifice that has to be made in order to, uh, to give a responsible service when most members should be able to match the prices. Okay. We're running a bit short on time now, but, but let's just uh, finish off with a couple of sort of general top tips for people, um, perhaps people who aren't on either of the services or aren't on racing services. Uh, so is there anything that immediately springs to mind? I think the biggest, the biggest problem or mistake gamblers new and old make is to stake too much and to be greedy. Um, this often results in uh, panic when there's any downturn or lack of patience if, patience if, if something doesn't happen immediately. But I think the majority of, of um, betters, if they reduce their stakes, um, it would lessen the, the pressure that they uh, be able to cope with uh, downswings far more uh, comfortably, both financially and mentally, and it would enable them to persevere with, with services longer, because once you find a, a tipster or a service that has an edge, it should or is likely to continue to have that edge and will make money over time. If you've bet too much too soon and you're out of the game, you'll miss out on that and just have losses to show for it. Um, second tip would be when you're trialling a service, don't just judge it on those two, three, four weeks results. Um, look at the history, see if uh, the results that you've managed to attain in your trial period have matched the recorded results. Because if they have, you can then go back to the historic results and make your judgment based on uh, possibly years of results, which is going to be far more reliable than this short, small sample um, that you've been witnessing. If you can't match the results, then uh, work out what the difference is 
and apply that to the historic results. And that will, will uh, help make you uh, realise whether or not that service is going to be profitable for you. But if you're just making a judgement on a short term, small sample, it's often going to be misleading whether that inflates or deflates the, uh, the general profitability of the service. Yeah, um, I think to tie in with that, um, I know you're quite opposed to paper trading, which <laughs> I, is probably quite a controversial thing to some people and almost sort of goes against our stance on um, being uh, sort of responsible service providers and telling people they should have a set bankroll and to you know, bear in mind that winning runs and losing runs and whatnot. Um, so if you could just... Yeah, I, I don't like paper trading because I don't think you get a real fit for the service. It's a strange sort of rehearsal when just by placing small stakes, you will be going to the, the uh, bookmaker's site. Um, you will be seeing how long it takes um, to place the bets. You'll be seeing if the odds are obtainable. And that is going to be far more useful than just uh, looking at the email and not doing anything about it, maybe noting whether they've won or lost. Um, I think it will, if you're thinking of, of, of being with the service for a year, two years, and placing those bets every night, are you going to persevere? Are you going to do that? And give yourself a taste of it. If you're just looking at the email and, and the uh, um, selections and results, you're not really going to get a feel for whether um, you're going to you are going to go with that. Okay. Um, well, thanks very much. Uh, I think that's just about all we've got time for. As I said earlier, you can email us anytime you like, and if you're interested in signing up to either the syndicate or the racing code, there will be a link in the podcast description, so you can have a look at that, have a look at what recent results have been. And yeah, I think that's about it. So thanks for joining me, Miles. Thank you, Matt. And thank you for listening. <laughs>